to the Deep Dive Podcast, produced by Grandview Christian Church's Discipleship Team. I'm Kristen Mudrak, the Discipleship Team Leader here at Grandview. We're in our first series of this podcast where we're talking about discipleship, what it means, how we do it, and everything in between. We hope that you listen to these conversations and then start your own with your canopy, your family, or maybe even your neighbors down the street. You're welcome to submit questions for our podcast guests to answer in a later episode. I'm pleased today to welcome to the podcast, Jeff and Angie Keeling. So Jeff and Angie, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do at Grandview and where you kind of see your role at Grandview? Sure. I'll, I'll go first. Ladies first. I'm Angie Keeling. Jeff and I have been members at the church for about 12, almost 13 years now, I believe. And I am one of the elders, a new elder for about a, the last year or so, which has been a tough year. And we, we have just loved all things about Grandview and just really enjoyed our time there. You're done, huh? I'm done. Okay. Short and sweet. <laughs> um, glad to be here talking with you, Kristen. And um, yeah, we uh, we do love Grandview. We, we love the diversity of political opinion and backgrounds and backgrounds in, in denominations or, you know, even uh, non-spiritual backgrounds that mixes together, I think, with a lot of love. Um, and that's what knits the church together. And that's what keeps us there for sure. Both happy to be able to be loved in the way that we are and to work to be part of loving others. Um, And uh, we just enjoy the expanding family there and, um, and and for sure discipleship as a, as a major element of Grandview and life there. So I know you guys also work with Crew 456. So what does that look like for you? And how does that play into what you see as discipleship? Well, I was thinking about that a little bit. One thing I'll say is that even in trying to come up with good discipleship opportunities and lessons and times for 9, 10, and 11-year-olds, I find myself being uh, discipled in that and Really, one of the things I think is keeping the spiritual and lesson time, particularly because this is a small group and it's not Sunday school and it's not children's church, at a duration and an intensity that's not going to actually turn a young child off to to, to church or potentially do so. Um, so it's it's keeping it brief and to the point and really trying to give the, the kids also an opportunity as much as possible to, to interact when we have small portions of scripture and, and how we are trying to relate those into the world. So that's from the teaching aspect of it, but really also activities and loving others is a big part of it too. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. I had a few things to say about crew 456. Well, I think that one of the things that I love about the children's ministry at Grandview is how kids are part of the ministry. They, they are taught from a very young age about service and helping and, and, and stepping in and doing things. And we give them responsibilities, you know, with um, family promise and they, they love it. We have a relationship with Pine Oaks where we send them cards. We go visit when we can, we go sing, we play bingo. So, you know, they, they learn early on that, yes, this is our faith, but about loving others. And I think that is a big part and relationships with the kids. We try really hard to communicate with them. Even during the pandemic, we've tried to 
call, send cards and things like that. And I think part of it also is our relationship with the other leaders within uh, mm-hmm. 456. We've developed some really good, strong relationships between the adults, which is, has been wonderful. Um, and these kids ask really good questions and you, you know, we, yes, we teach Bible stories and we talk about scripture, but we also just allow some room for questions and big questions that we don't always have the answer to. And we just say, you know, we don't know. That's a good question. And let's think about it and talk about it. So it's been, it's been really great. And I think that helps us to think more deeply about our walk too, you know, and, um, how we feel about scripture and how we interpret it and how we live it. Yeah. Yeah, And I would add that, uh, just really trying to make as sure as possible that they know that, that they're loved Mm -hmm. by Jesus and by God and, and for who they are, no matter what. And, you know, recently we've begun talking about using as a kind of a centerpiece, um, Philippians 2.10, you know, that God created you beforehand to do good works, but that uh, it's out of his love and his grace. And so it's about being loved unconditionally, but that from before the beginning of time, each of us is loved in that way and cradled in that way for a purpose, Yeah, which is, you know, to learn more about God and to love other people and to love God. Yep. So it's pretty, pretty simple. And we try to keep it, we try to keep it uh, always coming back to the, to those core uh, truths. Yeah. Angie, I love what you said about how kids ask questions that we may not necessarily think of. Um, When I think of Jesus telling us to have a childlike faith, that's one of the things I think about the questions that kids ask that we as adults are so far beyond, if you will, that we don't even think that way. But when they ask us those questions, we have to think that way. Mm-hmm. And it also affects the way we love. Like you were talking about, Jeff, that you know a kid loves unconditionally, not because you give them things, but because that's what they know. And that's what they've been taught. And if we're not teaching how to love through the way that we disciple our kids, it it kind of falls flat. I'm curious as elders and as members of this church for a long time, where have you found discipleship with other adults and what have you found that's been particularly effective for you? We have been part of a wonder of a wonderful Sunday school group and I can't even is it faith and living. It's Bob Hall's class. It's faith and <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the name of it is. But it's just really has been just wonderful. And like Jeff was saying about the, you know, the diversity of thought and stuff. So we'll just go read scripture and we just talk about it and what it means and what could it mean and how does it apply and what, what in the world is that? And then just a a beautiful, we have a lot of laughter and, and again, a lot of room for, for questions and things we don't know and uh, uh, support for each other. I love that. And of course, you know, we are blessed with the teaching that we have with Mackenzie and Aaron. And I mean, our preaching is just wonderful um, and challenging and, and not candy coated. I think that that uh, it's not just black and white. I think that there's just so much room um, at Grandview to hold all those things and, and to not let it tear us down and, um, and just to bind us together. I think it's really amazing 
to have have that you know um, leeway in it. Uh, for, so for us, for I guess I'm speaking for Jeff, and now we have a, a wonderful camp. We've been involved. We've been involved with a lot of different discipleship things, but we have a canopy now with the domes that um, is is based around uh, you know sustainable living which is close to our heart and we believe close to God's heart. So, you know, um, it's just so many fantastic opportunities for discipleship, but I would say as far as just really digging deep and diving deep into the word, it would be our Sunday school class has been really wonderful. Yeah. And I would also say that the um, people, there's a lot of people at Grandview. My experience has been who are able to be, real in terms of their travails in life and their challenges and their, and, and also sharing their wisdom, but doing it humbly so that my consistent self reminders that I fall very short in discipleship um, in some ways don't, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a safe place to, to, know that those thoughts and uh, self-talk that takes place are not what God wants and are not how God wants me to, to confront, you know, the, the, the weaknesses and the, and the parts of my discipleship that aren't what they need to be. Um, And, you know, when you're in a place where, which can happen, most everyone kind of seems like they have to be, looking like they've got it all together and acting like they've got it all together all the time leaves a lot less room for vulnerability in your discipleship. And I do really think, I really do, that Grandview is a, is a safe and open place. And it's a hard thing to get to that point as a person. And not everybody there is at that point, but it's the kind of place where, uh, of any place you might be, being the kind of vulnerable and, you know, uh, not there yet person that we all really are can be a little more evident. And I think that's a a very helpful way to um, actually move forward in discipleship. And even if not that to give and receive love. Yeah. I was thinking about one other thing that I has surprised me that has been kind of, formative and has changed the way I kind of think about things is um, the, like the Lent prayer and the Advent prayer. I come from kind of a, I'm I'm a local girl, you know, and I kind of come from a more charismatic kind of a background growing up. And Jeff, we went to an Assemblies of God church for a long time. So I wasn't really familiar with kind of the liturgical, you know, the responsive reading and stuff like that. And I thought, wow, this is strange. And, um, I didn't think that it would move me and, and be as, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just surprised me. And I think it's been an important um, piece to our relationship too, because sometimes we do it when we're not doing that together and just reading it that way and being together and, and just setting aside that time to do it, even just the, even when you don't feel like it, just kind of doing it. So um, I think that's been really beautiful, a really beautiful, uh, revealing to me that I, I wouldn't, was unexpected and pleasantly, uh, surprised with. Yeah. Jeff, you mentioned having a place for being real and authentic and not having to be the person who has it all together. I think a lot of the times we come into church thinking that is the place we have to have it all together. When in reality, Jesus came for the sick 
and the poor and the dying. And to me, that's where discipleship really thrives, um, is in that place of being vulnerable and uncomfortable. And I don't have it all together. I don't have this all figured out. I mean, that's part of why we're having these conversations, right? Because we don't have it all figured out. We're still trying to move ourselves forward in discipleship. And I think there's a lot to be said for just putting your foot out there and trying. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen your crew 456ers or in your own canopy or Sunday school? Have you seen places where that vulnerability has either moved you towards something new or reminded you of something that you knew but needed to hear again? Uh, has, has it built relationships better? What have you seen that that vulnerability has done? As you were talking, I, I thought about, and this isn't the only instance of this, but it's there's a, a kid who is, he'll age out this year and started coming about a year and a half ago. And I knew that one of his parents had died, but he didn't say much about it. His waters run pretty deep, you know, but, but then, you know, months into him being with us and enjoying time with us, I mean, all of us and all the kids, one time he, you know, he started, he would say a couple things about his dad. And um, I, I'm just very thankful that he was able to get to the point where he did that. And I know his mom is too. And um, also then they ended up um, moving and, but we're still in touch. He's still in touch through the virtual um, and they're close enough that he may be able to come um, across the mountain. And he, and I know that he wants to, and actually really established a relationship that that's uh, uh, we've done a couple things together. And, uh, and I know his mom's really appreciative of that, but anyway, just without, without, and this is a cautious kid, you know, so to see somebody at that age with that kind of experience that they've had slowly reach a level uh, of comfort enough to say a few things um, and then to be and then to be able to develop a relationship has been really rewarding. Yeah. I, I think from, you know, a lot of the kids always kind of uh, help you to see. I feel like I see a lot of things in myself that, um, you know, when you're interacting with them, uh, it helps you to see yourself a little bit better. I think the way you deal with them, the your patience and all those things that has helped, that helps me to kind of reflect on my own motives and thoughts and things like that. And then also I was thinking that even our, like with Sunday school and stuff, I'm a bit of an introvert. And so, and I'll just kind of hang out in the back and, but, you know, meal trains and things like that and, and really getting involved in doing things like that. I think that I have learned a lot about the value of those kind of things and how, you know, you're helping others, you know, just getting outside of yourself and doing things, you know, going and sitting and having dinner with people at two for two that you don't know. And that's all part, I think, of discipleship too, is kind of like you said, take it, taking that step out and doing things that normally you wouldn't do, and but you know are the right things to do. So and I would say, I think that you, and I think you would acknowledge that in the last five or six years mm-hmm. at Grandview, you've, you've come a long way mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, for um, sure. The feeling, being willing to do that and, and not just 
want to kind of withdraw from it. But, and you know, the kids that in our, in our crew 456, they, they, they're amazing. They, they go on and they're, they get so involved and, you know, just talking about discipleship. And so like, uh, I'm thinking of one teenager now, you know, that, that was in my first cohort of um, crew 456. And now she's in high school. She helps with uh, city view setup. I mean, that's a level of involvement and dedication. You know, she's 16 years old and it's amazing. And there were just a bunch of kids like that. So uh, it reminds me that, you know, people can be dedicated and kids can be dedicated and just to go all in and, you know, get involved. It's beautiful. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned City View. Brandon and Erin and Mackenzie kind of talked about that as its own discipleship field. What have you seen at City View, both during COVID and pre-COVID, because it did start before COVID, um, what have you seen that's been really encouraging to you from a discipleship standpoint? And what have you seen that's kind of made you say, huh, I may not have thought of that as discipleship before, but it, it really is. Hmm. Well, at the beginning, mm-hmm. before COVID, it was very encouraging to see a small number, but a, a noticeable number, including a friend of ours that we invited and some other people that had been invited by folks that were coming from Buffalo to City View. And it was really because, you know, transplanting 27.4% of the people that go to Buffalo to City View so that we can have church in another place that has brick walls and is cool looking um, really could actually be almost detrimental. But it wasn't that. Um, It was looking like it wasn't going to be that. And the you know, the beginnings of keeping those relationships going and then also uh, seeing folks who keep coming with you or due to you or due to another family starting to meet others was really exciting. But you know what? I haven't seen as much of that. I mean, we're barely back in person. So, you know, I'm I'm just hopeful that what we saw at the beginning will, will come back around and flourish again. I, you know, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Yeah. I, I think that's true. Um, again, and with the 25 or how many ever folks it was, 50 people that went over the kind of the meshing and getting to know each other, working together, just coming together and working like a unit and making coffee and the excitement around that. And uh, the the commitment of that, I think that's an important piece yeah. of discipleship, just the commitment to do it. You know, we were getting up at seven o'clock in the morning. Lifting really heavy TVs. Lifting stuff. Onto the top of a, a mount that <laughs> one of the mounts has some burrs on it. So you can't, it's hard to get the thing on there and, but, you know. Yeah, just um, the cooperation though. And it was really, it was really cool and working through all the, working through the things and. And really giving up giving up our Sunday school class yeah. to do that was hard. Now we've actually been with them on zoom a few times during, during COVID, but I don't think that's going to be, they're not, they're not going to be on zoom before too long. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, also the McKenzie was the staff and Amber were really trying to, to reach that demographic, you know, the demographic, the, the target, so to speak, you know, making it so that it is, it was a welcoming place and not too, I mean, it was still churchy. It was plenty, you know, sticking to the basics. Um, but just in a way that I think would be very welcoming and, um, 
if you had questions and weren't sure about it. I thought I thought it was really good. During COVID, it's been really hard because of just the, I don't know what the viewership has been and stuff. I think it was been pretty good. Um, but I don't know how many of those, you know, 20 or so people that were coming that maybe didn't have a church home before. I think there were probably at least that many that came fairly regularly. Uh, I think Mackenzie told me that we only had like five or six actual meetings before shutdown. Uh, so, you know, we were just getting going, but it was really beautiful. And there is a very, um, casual, I think Grandview, the main campus also Buffalo campus is pretty casual and open spirited. So, you know, I don't think that that dynamic is that different, but, uh, hopefully we'll be able to start doing some things in outreach. I don't think they even started, were able to start doing some of the downtown outreach they wanted to. If, if um, you're skeptical about the church and your ideological bent might be a little more left. I think that City View, without abandoning any of the core principles of the gospel, is probably, for a variety of just different reasons, a place that you might feel a little more welcome in or, or, or a little more curious about coming back. Again, not because it's doctrinaire in that way at all, but I think, and I, you know, and I think there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, skeptical about church uh, for a lot of different reasons that really do have ties into our culture and our, you know, political and cultural landscape in this country. Um, and I, you know, I, I think to, to, to um, not acknowledge that and think about how there might be ways to welcome people uh, again without um, abandoning the most important principles. Um, it's important to think of, think about that. And I think that city views are, uh, is, is a, a portal for that. I hope. Yeah. I mean, discipleship starts as a conversation yeah. at some point, you know, uh, and if you don't have the conversation, then, then you can't take any steps. And even if it's yeah. not your fault, if your milieu is going to cause a lot of people to not even feel like the conversation can start. And again, it's not your fault, right. but if it is, but if that's the, just the way that it is, then the conversation just doesn't start. And, um, and, and, and people, I think people are longing for flourishing in their lives and, and meaning in their lives and grace in their lives. I mean, I work in a basement newsroom for the TV station with, you know, a lot of people that are in their twenties and thirties and life's stressful, work stressful. And, you know, I know that, I know that they all, whether they know it or not, want the kinds of love and grace and, and opportunities to give and receive love that Grandview is a great place to experience. Yeah. You guys have mentioned a couple of things that have made me think of service. How does service play into discipleship for you? Well, I'm kind of a service-oriented person anyway. It's his love language. So really, I would say, if I, if I want to try to be uh, you know, thoughtful about it, I would say um, making sure that when I am engaged in service, I'm not doing it legalistically. <laughs> but uh, I will say that uh, like I, I've just... Um, I've taken... To, I had taken to cleaning up trash early on Sunday mornings. I... I cleaning the whole parking lot of the Cherry Street parking lot down there and even getting to other parts of downtown. And if I'm doing that well, it, it, it also becomes an act of discipleship. It makes me think a lot. You know, I see some interesting things. 
<laughs> on Sunday mornings that I pick up with my gloved hands. And, um, and it gives me a chance to think about humans, you know, all people and, and how much God loves us all. And um, it's, you know, I think that service alone or with others is absolutely a great field of harvest for our own um, growth in discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just an extension of God's love. I mean, I think that it just kind of flows. It just kind of goes hand in hand with, with being a follower of Christ and, and, or should, or it should. And in a way that uh, hopefully is not expecting anything mm-hmm. in return. You don't, you, you know, you get, you can get, maybe you get to the point where you don't expect a thank you, you know, it's nice to get, maybe you get one, maybe you don't. Um, but, you know, uh, not expecting people to suddenly start seeing, Oh, it's clean here. I don't think I'll put a trash down or, um, you know, just with no expectations, but just with the thankfulness that, that it's what you're doing and it's something, and you're alive on this earth and, um, you know, everything you can do can be an extension of God's love and, a, uh, also a, a time when you're receiving that through the things you're thinking and where your mind's going and, um, and, and, or not, you know, or you can be engaged. I can be engaged in active service and, not really be very much in, you know, in tune with, with what God wants for me in that moment. Believe me, I, I know I can, I can go either way. So while serving. Yeah. I think one of the things that Aaron and Brandon and Mackenzie mentioned um, when I talked with them last week was that even just the things that you do on a Sunday morning to get ready for city view become an act of service and an act of cultivating discipleship um, in your life, as well as in the lives of people around you. Um, Mackenzie mentioned that she's had people come to City View for the first time who go to put up their chairs after worship, because that's just what they see everybody else doing. Um, And I think one of the things you guys have touched on is that discipleship comes by example as well. Um, and I think you see that with your crew 456ers. Um, and that road goes both ways um, with kids as well as with adults. Um, it's not just me teaching others. It's them teaching me too. Um, and I really appreciate that that's something you guys have seen and have done throughout your lives, um, whether it's specifically a Grandview function or whether it's not. Angie, as an elder, what do you see as your responsibility to discipleship as a leadership role in the church? Well, we, I feel like, um, again, I'm kind of new at being an elder and I, I feel like our role is to make sure that the, you know, quote unquote, right people, that people that are dedicated are um, in positions to, to do their work. I feel like, um, as elders, it's our job to make sure that folks that are in positions to be doing teaching have the resources that they need during the pandemic. We have, you know, needed to make sure people feel safe, like making decisions that, you know, staff and, and, uh, others feel safe. We, you know, 
I didn't really know what the elders do um, until I, you know, you think it's these big, wild, you know, you're kind of uh, praying the whole time. But anyway, uh, it's, it's a lot of business work. Really, it's a lot of, you know, just kind of uh, budget kind of things and, t- and talking about big things too, but decisions on classrooms and these things like that. But I think our job basically is to listen to try to reach out um, to the folks that are doing the work for like you having good people in the position and um, praying about it a lot and just offering support where we can. I think listening is a big, is a big thing and trying to kind of bridge some gaps between the congregation and, and the staff. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying listening um, because I think sometimes when we go to actively disciple um, someone else, we just talk mm-hmm. and we just put our experiences out there and we don't give other people a chance to share and give us a chance to listen. And that's not to say that the only thing we should do is listen because we do need to speak into other people's lives as well. But there's a really big place for stopping, taking time out of our day and just listening. Um, I think that's how we start building relationships with, you know, Jeff, with people in your basement um, at, at work. That's how we start realizing what other people are seeing and what they need. And when we see that perceived need, we can start speaking into it and we can start loving people in ways that they may not expect. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about discipleship. Um, I want to ask you guys, what's one piece of discipleship that you have really found valuable in your life? I would say reading and being able to ask people at Grandview, particularly um, about things that are that I'm curious about regarding spiritual life. Um, it's pretty lucky to be at a place like Grandview. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, you know, because of what you were just mentioning um, in terms of, you know, listening to people so that you can find uh, ways that you can help meet their needs as far as discipleship. Also realizing that almost everybody that you're going to meet, whether they're a, a, a Christian or not, is doing things for other people that are in their sphere, friends or, or co-workers, that is, a, that is God in action whether they know it or not. And I think almost everybody wants to and does do really wonderful things for other people on a daily basis. And I think seeing that in people that, yes, you probably can look at it from a mature Christian point of view and say they probably need, you know, they can probably use some, some growth and some introduction or, or, even, or discipleship. But, be, but starting off by seeing that they already are the hands and feet of God, even if they don't know it, because God puts that in us all, is really, I think, is a, is a benefit for my own discipleship because it helps me realize that it's not an exclusive thing to people who have become followers of Christ to embody Christ, really, um, and to also probably have gained some valuable insights and I just think that's helpful in my discipleship walk because it's also something that helps me see how much 
God's love is being cast abroad and being shared in a way that having a little bit more exclusive and a little bit more, shall I even say, traditional view of the elect versus everybody else maybe limits a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense. but <laughs> Good. One thing that has helped me, I think, um, has been to learn more about the culture in which the texts were written and to really kind of get a, get more understanding of that. And to also to, um, that's helped a lot also to kind of embrace the mystery of, of the scripture and the beauty of that and that it's not black and white. It was never meant to be black and white. And I just think that that has helped me to move forward um, with, more confidence in a lot of ways that to say, you know, I don't, I don't have all those answers, but really taking, taking that my relationship deeper with God, I think, even though sometimes it, I don't feel like it's a, nearly as far along and it's not nearly as far, far along as it should be. And also understanding that that's part of the journey too, is that, you know, we're not, not where we're, we're not at our destination yet. We don't have all the answers. So that has helped me a lot to, to, to really, learn more about the writers, the culture, uh, the pe- the hearers, of, you know, even just thinking about it in that, that way, who, who's the audience and those kind of things, which I just don't think I really did until, um, you know, maybe the last 10 years or so. So it's been yeah. a neat thing. So, I mean, if you read Paul's letters and don't know who they're written to, they are next to meaningless. I mean, they've got some good stuff in them, but if you don't know, who he was talking to, mm-hmm. it loses a lot of its meaning. Um, I, I really appreciate that, Angie. I think that's something that, you know, the, the college students will understand a little bit because they're in Old Testament and New Testament and things like that. But once you're not in that environment anymore, it, it doesn't become something you think about all the time until you get involved with a group that you feel like you can ask those questions to. I, I really appreciate you guys being a part of Grandview in the way that you are um, as elders, as members, and as just people that a lot of people trust. Um, so so thank you for, for being that um, for a lot of people. I want to ask one more question before we wrap up. Um, what's something that you would tell someone who wants to get involved with discipleship to do? What would you say is the good first step? I would say... Let's, let's sit and talk about what God is doing through you and try to help them get to a place of feeling very good, grateful, and also confident in who they already are and what it is they're already doing. Um, and that could be even someone, like I said, who's not even um, a professing believer, because how are you going to be motivated to walk a path of discipleship, in my opinion, if you don't have a belief and a feeling that you're already someone and doing some things that are pleasing to God and are beneficial to others. So I guess that's what I would say is um, kind of have a conversation and, and, and listen to that person and encourage that person and, uh, you know, be able to say during that conversation, true and wonderful things about who they are and what they do. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, because that's the kind of thing that just really, I think for most of us wants to want, makes us want to be, that plus some. So I guess that's my answer. Yeah. And I'll just tag on to that because I think um, 
you know, again, having that conversation, getting to know them a little bit better and see, trying, and you know, how can I help you to find where you would fit in and be comfortable to even begin to know those first steps to, you know, where you might uh, land and, you know, and, and part of it is not just being comfortable, but if you don't know anything about the Bible or church or anything, it's, a, it's intimidating. So I think, or it can be coming alongside people and, you know, try to figure out where they might fit in and, and take them and go with them yeah. to fit in. Um, I mean, there's multiple opportunities and within the church and, you know, again, doing something uh, that's an act of service outside the church, you know, working in Jacob's park, do, you know, something like that, um, that might interest them, but it has to be more than just that. It can't be, we can hang out. Not that we, you know, our goal necessarily is to get people, I guess we do want to get them saved, but you know, that shouldn't be our primary goal. I think that we making relationships and helping them find their way so that the Holy Spirit can do the work. Um, and, and I just think that conversation and trying to help people along with that so that they're not, you know, feeling like the odd man out when they do come into a situation. Well, I think there are plenty of us or plenty of people who are churched from the word go mm-hmm. um, who maybe have an understanding of discipleship that is steeped in never really having stepped outside that and, and, and examined whether it's mostly just box checking or going through the motions. And then and if discipleship doesn't move me, doesn't move someone at, at certain points uh, with a, you know, God is here while the Holy Spirit is real, then it gets pretty dry. So I wouldn't even just say that only applies to people who maybe are, are unchurched mm-hmm. or are but, but really also, you, you know, you can meet plenty of 16-year-olds or 12-year-olds or 30-year-olds um, who uh, have been in church their whole lives, they would tell you. And um, there's still sometimes um, lots and lots of room for what you would maybe think are pretty rudimentary steps of discipleship. And that's okay, too. And that's, but that's going to be a different kind of journey with somebody yeah. uh, because it's going to be and it might involve at one point having to say, oh, well, have I had it all wrong? Uh, have I missed something even though I've been here? And that's a that's a pretty tough, um, and you're not going root, looking to root that out in people and find people who have you know, been in church their whole lives but really are shallow. I'm not saying that, but maybe more, uh, we all have a chance to, to have epiphanies and, you know, new levels of awareness. Yeah, I think the important part of what you just said is with each other. Um, Because if we try to do discipleship alone, it's not really discipleship. Um, If we try to have a small group of one person, that's not really a small group. Um, Having a Sunday school is great, but if you're the only one that shows up, it doesn't really work. Um, I I so appreciate the way that you guys model this um, with the way that you are involved with Crew 456 with the way that you are involved at City View and Angie being an elder and Jeff being involved in the community. It's it's encouraging to me to see our congregation acting this out um, in their lives. And I, I appreciate that so much about you guys. Um, that does bring us to the end of this second episode of our discipleship podcast. And we thank you so much for 
joining us. Uh, we hope that you have learned something, that you have found a new way to connect with people. Um, and we look forward to hearing your questions that we can answer um, in a later episode. So we hope to see you back next week. And um, thanks for listening to Deep Dive.